0: I joined staff 34 years in 1978. And, uh, you know, there have been many times in the 34 years that I was on staff that I asked God, what is it that you want me to do, Lord? You know, what's the next step? And I, but the mission never changed. The idea of being part of the mission and feeling that I was part of that was always the same. It, uh, but he could, he could redirect us. I loved Zimbabwe, and I, I felt like that's, that's where I was going to die. I, I want to die in Zimbabwe because I love that country. I love my job. I love what I was doing. But one day my wife told me, she said, it's time for us to go. It's time for us to turn over leadership of this ministry to a local person and move on to the next thing. And I said, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to stay right here. I'm happy. I'm comfortable. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I just want to stay here and enjoy it. And God said, no, I've got something else for you to do at Yale University of all places. And I'll talk about that. (laughs) So let's open our Bibles to Genesis 12. And. You know, in the time that I have, I, I could go through 20 scriptures. But all I want to do is give you a, a, an idea of what it's like, what is it saying in terms of the mission of God. And you can study the rest of these. Uh, there'll be a lot more scriptures on these slides than, um, you know, than, than I'm going to be able to go through. Uh, but I've decided to go through a few that I believe will give you a sense of the mission of God, that God has has put us here for a purpose. And I know you all believe that. The Lord, this is Genesis 12, 1 to 3. The Lord has said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, this is the threefold blessing that God gave to Abraham. Uh, And and realize, Abraham is not Jewish. He's a Gentile, an uncircumcised (laughs) Philistine or whatever from Ur, And and God has said, I want you to be the father of a great nation, a nation that will be used by by God to attract people. When people see this nation, they will want to come closer. They will want to see what it is that God is doing through these people. And so in order to do that, in order to make this nation attractive, He's going to bless one man. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's all it takes. Is, you know, God decides that he wants to do something for his glory and honor, and he puts it in the heart of one person to do something amazing for him. Not in his own strength, but in the power that God provides. And so the first thing that God is going to do to make this great nation is bless one person. One person who has this desire to serve and be obedient. This this passage is repeated four times in Genesis. Three more times God reminds Abraham by stating it again. Do you remember the time when he was told to sacrifice his his son Isaac? And and it wasn't so much that he, he should sacrifice as he should be willing to sacrifice that nothing would be more important to him, not children, not spouse, not anything. And in that, God repeats it. But he adds a little phrase, which I think is, is really significant. I'm telling you this because we don't have time to go through every one of these scriptures. He said, because you have obeyed, I am going to bless you all the more. Now, sometimes people say obedience and salvation you know they sh- they 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 are you know you're not you're not you're not to work for your salvation but let me sh- tell you that this obedience that abraham had was not based on his salvation it was because of his salvation it was because god was blessing him and he knew that god was trustworthy and therefore he was willing to go and serve him and risk everything for his cause I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. That I think is very significant, that he says that it's not just for you to be blessed, but it's for you to be a blessing. I am am going to pour out God's blessing on you in ways that you can't even imagine, materially, spiritually, Emotionally, everything, you are going to have an abundance. I call it spiritual capital. You are going to have so much spiritual capital that whenever you walk into a situation, you're going to be able to dispense something because you have me at your back. (laughs) And that means you have resources. And so Abraham is given this promise. But then he says, I will bless those who bless you. You know, if you if you meet people and they say, hey, you know, that sounds great. I want to be a part of that. Then they will be blessed as well just for being a, a, a part of what you're doing. And then he says that I will use you to bless all the peoples of the earth. Now, this is very significant because what this shows is that it wasn't just Israel. It wasn't just the Jews that God was thinking about in blessing abraham but that he was actually thinking that somehow or other by blessing abraham the whole world was going to be impacted and so there are there are as we're going to look today and see in scripture there there are many scriptures that uh, apply to the jewish people and and uh you know we're going to look at some of those but the thing that i want you to see is that Israel was part of God's blessing. They were the conduit of God's blessings for the rest of us. And to some degree, we are all ch- children of Abraham uh, as a result of the blessing that God gave to him. Now, he gives this three times to Abraham, and then he gives it to Isaac. And, and you know, one of the things that was so key in Isaac's uh, life was that there was no one him to marry there was no one for him to 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 build a family with and you can't build a great nation by yourself you've got to have that and, and god knew that and so abraham sent his servant back to ur to find a wife and and that was when uh they met Rebekah. so these and and i want you to just look at this picture um because when you when you sense that god is blessing you When you sense in your life that God is pouring out his blessing on you, you know, one of the reactions that I think that we should all have is to humble ourselves and to say, okay, God, bless me. You know, if if that's what you want to do, then 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 pour it on. You know, I I want I want everything that you want. Just, you know, go ahead and bless me. And and I think this is significant that he's on his knees. And that he's, 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 he's got his hands up. And, and he's saying, Lord, here, here I am, uh, bless me. So those are the four scriptures. And I would encourage you to uh, take a look at those. Uh, because of Abraham's obedience, um, he will be blessed. His descendants will be a, ble- a blessed nation. And all nations of the earth uh, will be blessed. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this. But when God gave this uh, nation, the the land of Israel to uh, to Abraham, um, the British government offered the Israelites Uganda. He said, well, how would you like to start the uh, the nation of Israel in Uganda? Uh, Because we've got a nice piece of land down there and uh, we'd like you to go to Uganda and, and, and use that. And and it is beautiful, by the way. And it's it's fertile, and it can grow. And I mean, it's just an amazing place if you've ever been to Uganda. Uh, And then they offered them Argentina, of of all places. uh, I mean, this is at the turn of the century. And then they said Palestine. And of course, you know the choice they made. But the point was, is that there was an option so the three three key themes in the Abrahamic covenant was God is the source and initiator of mission. You know, it's it's God's idea that He wants His glory to spread. It's His idea that He wants to manifest Himself, and uh, the Abrahamic covenant reveals Yahweh as a sending God. Um, get yourself up and go, literally. Uh, In Revelation, I mean, in in Matthew 28, um, 19, literally the the idea is get yourself up and go, uh, as well as in um, when he told Abraham to leave Ur, he was telling him to, to get up and go. The Abrahamic covenant reveals God's heart for all the nations, that it's not just Israel that it's all the nations that, that, that are on his heart and that he wants to, wants to bless. Okay, now let's turn over to Isaiah. And I mean, I know this is a huge, huge jump, but uh, here we have in Isaiah the concept of a servant, of a suffering servant. And I just want to read to you this, Isaiah 42. And I'm going to start with verse 1. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He, he will not shout out or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. This is what the Lord says. He who created the heavens and stretched out, uh, and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk in on it. I, the Lord, have called you. In righteousness i will take hold of your hand i will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the gentiles to open eyes that are blind to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness i am the lord that is my name i will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols and what we see here is this idea of servant, that, that this, this suffering servant is going to come and not lord it over, not be, you know, the kind of king that everybody was hoping would kick the Romans out, but he was going to be a servant. And this is this is an amazing thing because it wasn't what people were expecting. Servant is sent. Uh, on a on a mission from yahweh the mission involves vicarious suffering although the servant will suffer and be rejected he will be exalted and vindicated his suffering will bring justice salvation and blessing to all nations you know it is necessary for someone to suffer that the whole nation not perish. that's what the the Pharisees said, and they were drawing that from their understanding of Isaiah. One night as a second lieutenant in the air force, I read this passage and I had been saying to the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, I mean, I, I love being in the military. I love being an engineer. Um, you know, that's what they trained me to do at Purdue. And I could do this for the rest of my life. I'll stay right here. And I read this passage and, and, and this came out to me like, like it was jumping right off the page. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, and I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people, a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. And that night when I, when I saw that passage and, and I realized that I, I am not the, the suffering servant. <laughs> okay, this passage is talking about, about the Messiah. But as I read it, it, it just spoke to me. And I realized that God wanted me to be his servant. And that that meant going wherever he called me to go and doing whatever he called me to do. I'll never forget a pastor came to me and he said, are, are you crazy? You know, you're going to try to raise support and go and, and, and reach people in Washington, DC without, without any church, uh, you know, without being a pastor, without having people. He says, you're crazy. And I said, well, I, I, does that mean you're not going to support me? <laughs> And, and he said, yeah, that's what that means. And I said, well, does that mean that you're not going to give me any contacts that I can use? He said, yes, I'm not going to give you any contacts. And I said, does that mean that you're not going to pray for me? And he said, no, I'm going to pray for it. I'm going to pray because you need prayer. And I remember he turned to the deacon sitting next to him and he said, this guy's crazy. But he's, he's willing to, to step out in faith. And he said, Yeah, he's crazy. That's that's what the, the guy said, yeah, he's crazy, all right. And so I left. Two weeks later, he called my parents and he asked my parents to come to church. And he told the whole church how he had insulted me and told, said I was crazy and stupid and all these things. And he said, But if that guy's crazy, then so am I. Because I'm going into full time ministry <laughs> and he's my example. And he didn't tell his wife, though. That, that was one of the things that he, he should have he told his wife before he said that in front of the church. But then he called me up, and he said, I would like to support you. Do you need support? And, and I said, well, I've already raised my support. See, don't ever say that. <laughs> you never know what you might need. I've already raised it. I don't need it. He says, well, if you ever do, you, you can count on me. And eventually he did join our team. But the point is, is that uh, you know, when you face these kinds of trials, it's the mission of God, it's your role and how you fit in that's going to keep you going, that's going to keep you headed in that direction. And so Christ came as a servant. He came to, to not to, um, to be served, but, but to serve. And this is our role, is to be servants as well. Because he's our example. He's the one that showed us how to do that.